0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomic Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey there, it's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz. Glad you're here with us. Jay Baker is joining me on the phone. Happy September, Jay. Are you wearing white pants? We're after Labor Day and that is okay. You're allowed to wear white pants.
1: I've always wondered about that. I know I love the Greg Brady white belt that I wear with almost every piece of clothing, but I didn't know about the white pants.
0: I'm not exactly sure when the rule changed, uh, and you can live by any rule you want when it comes to the color of your pants, but back in the day, uh, you wouldn't be caught dead wearing white pants after Labor Day. And I just think, uh, you know, I think it's part of climate change. Now that, you know, with the temperature, severe weather, extreme weather events, I think it's okay to wear white pants. it's, It's going to be 90 degrees after Labor Day. Why can't you wear white pants after Labor Day. So we abandoned that rule, at least we did here on uh, the Adam Rich Show. So we encourage everyone to wear white pants uh, through the entire fall and the winter. Why not? Why, why not? Why not? I mean, there are- Be big, a pioneer. We, there are bigger problems in this universe than what color your pants are after a <laughs> a, a, a holiday weekend.
1: All right, we want to yeah. start- yeah, Well, and, and super quick, <laughs> I was going to tell you, you and I live in the Midwest, so- this is the time of year I just love it. I have some friends who absolutely insist on wearing shorts until almost the temperature hits zero.
0: Oh yeah, you know yeah. because
1: they're still in that quote summer mode. So you know Halloween they're walking around in shorts.
0: Well, and <laughs> maybe not even summer mode, but just the, they like the cool weather. I my yeah. one of my best friends when it's when I visit him and we're watching some college football and it's 50 degrees outside, I've got on like a button-down, a sweater, and a a three-quarter zip, and a coat. And he's got on a t-shirt and shorts. Now, of course, he's from Wisconsin, where, (laughs) where winter is unbearable. Uh, and That's I,
1: where the caveman originated. Was Wisconsin,
0: and he is he is a caveman. <laughs> All right. So um, the Kennedy Center released uh, their nominee or not nominees, their inductees for this year's uh, Kennedy Center honors. And uh, we support the arts, and we want to promote the arts. And we'll first start by telling you about the the Kennedy Center and their website, Kennedy centerorg It is uh, an organization that believes everyone has the right to enjoy, create, and experience the arts. And your support helps make this happen. So if you head to that website, you can become a member. Uh, You can volunteer. You can uh, also donate. Uh, And that is KennedyCenter.org. With a hyphen, I'm sorry, between Kennedy and Center. -center Kennedy-Center.org. So here's, here are the names. Uh, some of my favorite people here, too, are being uh, inducted into the 46th Annual Kennedy Center Honors. And have you ever watched one of these on uh, PBS or NPR? I think they, they, they stream now on, uh, I think, Paramount Plus. But have you ever watched one of these?
1: Yes, and there have been some absolutely amazing musical moments from these
0: absolutely and uh, i mean kind of, it's
1: just been yeah it's worth a look up on youtube as you say this absolutely
0: it's kind of a lifetime achievement achievement award for these people's uh, dedication to their arts it's not always uh singers um actors it's it's anybody within the the arts uh any art so this year the inductees are billy crystal one of my all-time faves i remember him when i was a kid. Uh, starting out on the sitcom Soap. You remember that yeah. show, Soap? So
1: funny. <laughs> so uh, you, They had the ventriloquist dummy and everything in Soap.
0: Yeah, so on set with the ventriloquist dummy, if somebody would have said, somebody on this set will be inducted into the Kennedy Center Honors, w- would you have guessed uh, the ventriloquist or Billy Crystal? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, uh, a soprano singer named Renee Fleming Uh, singer songwriter and bg's living band member barry gibb love the gibster what's your favorite uh bg song or bg's i guess memory how deep is
1: your love and uh you know you and i were in an era where people wanted to just say oh all disco music is terrible but you and i know Come on, man. The Bee Gees, Saturday Night <laughs> Fever. Come on, man. It
0: is great. It was
1: all it was all pretty good it's,
0: stuff. It's pretty good. And, you know, there was a time when uh classic rock DJ Jay Baker, if you were to answer that question <laughs> at all, let alone as fast as you did, How Deep Is Your Love, uh, your coworkers and listeners on Classic Rock Radio would have beaten your butt.
1: Oh, I would have been in trouble. In fact, they probably would have just fired me on the spot. <laughs> fired now, on the spot. <laughs> now, my sidebar comment about the Bee Gees is of course, they used to sing in an almost impossible register for the human voice to reach. But you oftentimes will drive down the road and see people singing along to Bee Gees songs with the greatest of ease. You know, they're hitting the high notes, no problem.
0: Well, they're fun to sing along with because, like you it's so high that you have to do the falsetto. Have and to. And the world's worst falsetto is almost exactly the same as Barry Gibbs' best falsetto. <laughs> so you can almost pull it off yourself, whether you're in the car or the shower. Uh, here's something um, about the Gibbs, uh, the Gib brothers, Barry and, and the Bee Gees, that, that I didn't know until I watched um, a documentary about the Bee Gees. And there are several out there. I highly recommend if you're a music fan or even a, a fan of the '70s, watch the either the Saturday Night Fever documentary or the documentary on the Bee Gees. Have you seen either one of these?
1: I have seen the Saturday Night Live documentary. It's very good.
0: Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, there's or Saturday so Night good. Fever. Yes. Um, I, I didn't realize. So when Saturday Night Fever came out in 1978, I believe I was eight years old. So I, all those songs were on the radio. I'm in the back seat of the car, no seat belt, uh, with my yeah. with, with, with my mom playing these songs on the radio, and so that's my point of reference for the Bee Gees, how enormously huge they were during that disco yes. era. And what I didn't know until I saw a, a documentary is that the Bee Gees were kind of they were huge in the '60s. Uh, yes, especially there are some
1: great old B.G. songs in the
0: in England, in the in the U.K. They were enormous, yes. and you know they were sort of overshadowed, uh, overpowered. I'm sorry, by uh, the Beatles and all that, that British invasion, but they were right there. They were right behind the Beatles as far as popularity, uh, and then in the 70s they sort of lost their luster. And their record sales went down and they weren't selling out stadiums or, or uh, for, forgive me, not even stadiums. I mean, they weren't selling out, you know, thousand seat venues. Just they were, right. they were done. Their career was over, so to speak. And the powers that be, the, the guy behind uh, Saturday Night Fever was a huge Bee Gees fan from when he was a kid back in the 60s. And so he, he reached out to them and wanted them to do the soundtrack. And they were reluctant, they were like, whatever, and they just kind of did it, and lo and behold, you know, there were like six number one songs on that album, and they just exploded past stardom and fame. And I had no idea, my, my generation, my age, that they were A, huge in the 60s, B, their, fa- their star had fallen, and then C, they got their star back. I just thought they yeah. were always huge. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, they some of those early songs are pretty amazing, like Lonely Days, Lonely Nights, oh, Yeah, and I Gotta Get a Message to You. And as you said, they were right there, along with the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, and everything, and they got bypassed rapidly.
0: Well, next on the list uh, to be inducted in the Kennedy Center Honors later this year will be Queen Latifah, the uh, Queen of Hip Hop uh she is uh fantastic you know if you don't even like hip-hop or her music you, you gotta love her uh cinematic appearances she is fantastic yeah, she's, a, she's fun as an actress she Absolutely, every role she's in she kills she's just awesome in movies and she sings and raps and sing. she's got the whole package there uh and then finally on this list Dion warwick who certainly deserves the, uh, the honor uh she's been around for decades uh i will suggest to our uh fan listeners that uh, the song um always something there to remind me mm-hmm. uh the huge 80s hit by uh oh my gosh it's escaping me right now i'm gonna google it here while we talk but uh is it naked naked uh not naked? oh yeah naked-
1: the uh yeah they were oh. kind of a, a 80s 90s sensation it, it, naked, I think, was in the time. I don't right. know Just so what you
0: mean? Here, they're they're yelling at Are me. Are you through, through it? The phone. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> You're doing it right now. There to remind. Naked eyes. Naked, naked, naked eyes. eyes. The- I remembered naked, but I couldn't remember eyes.
1: And remember, they had the uh, drums from the marching band in that song, and it was very catchy.
0: The drums were were certainly distinctive, and it was just a huge '80s hit. And I never knew until maybe five years ago that that is a cover song originally performed by Dion Warwick in the late 60s. And I played that version for my kids recently, and it is an amazing version. I highly recommend listen to The One You Know by Naked Eyes that's on every Classic Hits radio station uh, across America. Always something there to remind me. And then immediately after, listen to the original from Dion Warwick. It really is uh, amazing How that song sounded when it came out versus how it sounded when Naked Eyes covered it. Uh, And it's a great song. So she's done so many collaborations, duets. She's had her solo hits. She is an amazing human being uh, and still touring, believe it or not. Uh, and fun to follow on Twitter now X I don't know if you know she she has a Twitter account and she she trends quite often because she doesn't really know how to use it and she just has fun with it <laughs> and you know she's gotten a whole lot of new fans just because people like to follow her on X. Uh, so there's your inductees into the Kennedy Center uh, honors. It happens later this year on December 3rd. They're not going to air it live. they're going to tape it, produce it and then air it at a later date on CBS and uh, stream it on the P- uh, I think on the on Paramount plus. So we'll let you know when that is going to be a, uh, you know streaming or, or viewable on CBS. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to support the arts you can support uh, the Kennedy Dash center.org. All right, here we go, Jay. What what do you got for us? Well, you know, a
1: couple of sad notes. I I, I, you don't want to start on a down note. But I think we do have to note one of the great entertainers, he would probably tell you I was more of an entertainer than a musician. But Jimmy Buffett passed away recently.
0: It was out of sad note.
1: He was battling a rare form of skin cancer. Uh, and it it really sort of came to light that there were some problems with Jimmy's health when he had to cancel some touring dates back in May. He famously tours from, uh, and I mean famously, I mean almost to the minute of these two holidays, but he begins on Memorial Day, ends on Labor Day, and he wasn't able to do that this year, and then sadly, Uh, They said that, uh, no, he had passed away from this rare form of skin cancer. He died in the uh, company of his family and loved ones. So he went peacefully and, uh, you know, but very sad. 76 years old, and he had built an entertainment empire.
0: You know, the Margarita brand is unbelievable. I was talking to a pal this week about it. There are retirement communities called Margaritaville. You know, I knew there were resorts and hotels, but they've even built, like, neighborhoods and retirement communities called Margaritaville.
1: So if you want to live the Jimmy Buffett lifestyle as a retiree, there it's available to you.
0: You could. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, my. That's amazing. That's the part I didn't know about. I did know about the restaurant and sportswear and different things. I mean, the guy guy's really cool. And, of course, a lot of stories have come out over the past few weeks about – just how supportive he was and collaborative he was with other musicians and artists, and you know, and and some of the best stories ever told. Uh, they had a Margarita documentary, which I saw on YouTube, and talked about Jimmy's friends who knew him in Key West, and they had a, a lifetime worth of fun in one month.
0: I'll be darned. Yeah.
1: Great, that. you know, just great stuff from Jimmy Buffett. And then I thought, as sad news, the gentleman that did the song Dreamweaver, Gary Wright, passed away.
0: He he did. Uh, it is unbelievable to me that he uh, he passed away. Also sang the song Love is Alive. That is a, a yes. huge hit from the 70s, along with Dreamweaver. Here's how odd this weekend was for me last uh, weekend when Jimmy Buffett and Gary Wright passed away. Um, and then we should also mention, were you going to mention uh, Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth?
1: Uh, you know, I, I he, that wasn't on my list, but you're correct. He passed away he, as well.
0: He passed away as well. At a young age, I believe age 56, uh, liver uh, complications. Um, Smash Mouth, behind the songs, All Star and Walking on the Sun, Um Huge hits for the Generation X crowd. And and I just found this out this week, too. For the millennials, they know him because Smash Mouth did all the Shrek movies. Oh, so, I mean, darn. You know, I'm, I just know him from uh, modern rock radio in the late 90s, early 2000s, but the people 15, 20 years younger than me know him from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, no. uh, over the weekend, you know, we. I'm doing uh, – my alter ego is Captain Adam, and I work with Yacht Rock Radio. And I had a couple of concerts with a, a yacht rock tribute band called Monsters of Yacht, and we brought in Peter Beckett, the lead singer of Player, who sings the song, Baby, Come Back, Any Kind of Fool Could See. So I spent the weekend with with Peter, and and he knows all these guys. And, you know, Saturday morning we get up and we hear Jimmy Buffett died, and, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, that's uh, – unbelievable. I didn't even know he was sick, Uh, blah, whatever. Right. So that night during the, the Yacht Rock radio concert we put on, uh, we did a little Jimmy Buffett tribute crowd turn, you know, no more, uh, lighters, but they turn on the flashlight on their phones and they're singing along to Margaritaville. Um, and the next day we're, we're driving, uh, back to the airport and we're just telling stories of, you know, interviews or concert stories we have. And, uh, out of the blue, I told a Gary Wright story from when I met Gary Wright, and Peter said, "You know, he's not really doing that well. He's kind of, uh, you know, he's yeah. in the last stages of uh, Alzheimer's," and I and I didn't even know that. And I I met him, I don't know, four years ago, and it was completely fine. I mean, he was on tour, he was singing. Yes. And Peter and his wife said, "Yeah, he uh, he probably stopped touring." two years ago and you know his last show he was sort of out of it didn't really know the words and honest to God Jay the very next day I read online that Gary Wright passed away so yeah, I texted so I text Peter's and wife and said can you believe we were just talking about Gary Wright and we just find and I hadn't thought about you know didn't know he was sick and now we find out he's passed away and and again age 76 you said uh oh no jimmy yeah. buffett was 76 no uh,
1: jimmy buffett was 76 i think gary wright was 80 or 81
0: yeah he was uh, correct he was 80 uh um,
1: and uh and you know the thing is that kind of hit me pretty hard is i've been dealing with some neurological issues of my own and some of these artists um uh, you know when they get certain neurological maladies uh it's it's just scary sometimes aging in general and uh you know, it kind of goes without saying, if you have good health, uh, it's uh, it's the richest thing you'll own.
0: You're not kidding. It is the most valuable thing you will ever own. And it really, uh, you know, reminds all of us to not only just take care of ourselves, but just to try to stay ahead of it by getting your yes. regular checkups, going to the doctor, uh, physicals, uh, any kind of little Uh, discrepancy in your blood work or your lab test, they might be able to catch something before it does severe damage. Uh, Because sometimes, especially in the world of cancer, if you catch it too late, it might be too late and then months later it's over. So just stay ahead um, of the curve on that.
1: And we got super used, uh, you know, when we were dealing with COVID lockdowns. It's just like, well of course you're not going to go visit your doctor or dentist or you know, you're dermatologist, you're, you're, you know, hey. So, yeah, so what Adam said is absolutely correct. So I don't want to bum anybody out, but Adam's point is well taken. Gary Wright was diagnosed uh, six years ago with Parkinson's disease. And one of the symptoms of Parkinson's is you are more prone to Alzheimer's. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll get Alzheimer's, but you're more prone to it. And he had a particularly aggressive case of uh Lewy body um oh what was the schizophrenia, not schizophrenia, but Louis body dementia. And Louis bodies refer to the part of your body that quits making a certain chemical when you have Parkinson's. And it's just, you know, when it's that aggressive over that short of a time, it's it's just I don't know. It's
0: sad. It is sad. Our thoughts and prayers uh, are definitely out with uh, these three gentlemen that passed this uh, past weekend or a weekend ago, and and for anybody dealing with this sort of loss, uh, we're, we're we're sending our our positive uh, vibes your way.
1: Moderate use of the internet. This is a. Uh... This doesn't fit perfectly with what we're talking about, but kind of good news. The Journal of the American Geriatric Society, and it's a fun journal to read. Uh, <laughs> that um, sounds great. <laughs> it sounds great. Uh, they found that people between the ages of 50 and 65 who use the internet regularly see their chances of developing dementia drop by about 20%.
0: Well, wow. That is so that's good. fantastic news. So age 60 uh, to 65, if you're using the internet. 50 to
1: 65, 50 use the internet. Uh, but here's what's interesting, Adam, and of course, you and I know with every caveat, the second a study comes out, you find out, yes, a moderate amount is good. The minute you start using the internet for more than two hours a day, they actually said the risk for dementia increases. I have a doctor that I visit who has suggested to me that the internet has caused more stress in our lives than anybody will fess up to. Because what happens when you're on the internet? You're on X, which is my favorite site, you're on Instagram, you're on next door, so of course you can find out what your neighbors are complaining about. And the next thing you know, You've spent three hours on the internet and you're
0: just in a not so good mood. Not in a good mood. You're fighting. Not in a good mood. You're fighting and arguing with strangers about (laughs) stuff that doesn't even really matter. So what's the that that is fascinating to me that there's a study that says if you use the internet or if you're on the internet, your chances of dementia decrease. And there's also a study that says if you're on the internet too long, it could be detrimental to your health so it
1: actually increases your risk and i'm not laughing about (laughs) that but you and i know we've always talked about social media alone you've got to have a great deal of patience
0: yeah and and you've got to pick and choose your battles you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them um so what do you think the sweet spot is what do you you think like what are the, what's the positive study say if you're on the internet for an hour a day?
1: Uh, I, I would say probably uh, two hours or less. Two, so and then, sweet spot might be about an hour and a half. That way you get, you know, you can dig into your juicy sites, read a little news, catch the weather. Uh, you know, I, I am a sports addict. So I immerse myself in sports. Slightly less vexing than social media. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, at least try to go to your happy spot when you're on the internet.
0: And too much would be like 19 to 23 hours a day. That's detrimental <laughs> to your health. And, you know, you mentioned like the internet being good for you or, or decreasing dementia. It's it's not just, let's not just think about the negativities of social media. You know, there's a lot of positivities there where you, I mean, I have you ever seen the joy on somebody's face when they're watching a, a video of a cat? Yes. People love that stuff. I love when I go down a rabbit hole and find some video of people falling down or falling off the roof or skateboarding into a stairwell and laying, you know the fence goes right <laughs> in their gut. That stuff, I really enjoy that, and I think it's going to prolong my life.
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, we have a friend who has very eclectic friends of hers, and she and her eclectic friends... Went to a festival not too long ago that featured nothing but cat videos. <laughs> Have you heard about that? It's a, a festival. Yeah, they actually went. At, you know, was at a place. You know, like at a university that had an auditorium, and there were about uh, probably about I don't know eight or nine hundred people there, and somebody had you know uh, collected all these cat videos. I guess for about an hour and a half, people just watched cat videos, and it was exactly what you said, you know, Uh, cat owner walks in living room, cat appears out of frame, jumps on owner's head, you know, (laughs) and or cute kitten playing with ball of yarn. So yeah, she said, I went to this festival, and people had a great time.
0: That is, uh, I will let Melissa uh, know about that. She loves the cats. I'll let her take a friend, and I'll just stay at home and watch football.
1: There you go. Hey, we talk a little bit about Freddie Mercury, what an amazing entertainer he was. And as I've shared with you, my wonder about how he left all of his personal belongings, including his home, which he left to his best friend, and one-time girlfriend, Mary Austin. Well, mm-hmm. Mary Austin is getting up in age, and she approached the Elton John AIDS Foundation and said, listen, I would like to auction off Freddie's belongings. And the world of his own auction at Sotheby's began just a couple of days ago. Uh, and will you have to double-check how long this is going to run. Uh, but more than 1,500 of his belongings are actually up to be auctioned
0: off. Oh my gosh! That's I've got to check this out. I'm a, yeah. It's
1: called a World of His Own auction at South Okay.
0: Okay, uh, we will. I will Google that. I would love to own some Freddie uh, memorabilia. Not just memorabilia, but a personal item of his. Oh, yeah, it fantastic. would be amazing.
1: Does the big seller so far has been his baby grand Yamaha piano, which went for $2.2 million.
0: Oh, my God. Well, that's just $2.19 million more than I was going to spend. But that is uh, am- now Sotheby's auctions, and uh, I'm sure there's some sort of a charitable angle uh, involved here. I know the Freddie Mercury Foundation, uh, yeah, helps, the per- uh, Age he-
1: Research. The proceeds for this one go to the Elton John AIDS Foundation. They actually had contacted Elton John and said, you know, we we think that you would be a great beneficiary because of the tremendous work you're doing literally worldwide for AIDS research. Of interest, speaking of Elton John, uh, there was a Cartier Onyx and Diamond ring that was a gift from Elton John to Freddie, and it sold in this auction for $344,000. Oh,
0: gosh. I just Can't you win the lottery so that you can have enough money to buy the watch that Elton John gave Freddie Mercury? wouldn't that I be know. fun talk about a party conversation hey do you know what time it is well yes i do and let me tell you how <laughs> well, i know sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that is yeah tremendous news if you want to check that out and it does go to the elton john aids foundation we've talked about freddie who was probably one of the most charismatic uh, performers in fact uh, somebody released a video not too long ago of uh queen actually walking up onto stage uh for that live aid concert and it was from the you know we tend to see the perspective from the crowd looking at this you know stage and there was an amazing number of people at that show uh but the flip side of it of of queen you know just four normal average everyday looking guys i mean i know you know brian may has got the huge mane of hair and everything but Mm -hmm. you know just kind of four guys just wandering on to this giant stage and didn't you say at one point that many rock critics are saying that might have been the single greatest rock and roll performance is uh queen at uh
0: live aid i did uh i did read that there many rock critics uh put that definitely in the top 10 performances as one of the most Uh, important not only just good as far as quality but one of the most important um, impactful performances in the history of music Uh, they they were amazing Uh, and and if you haven't seen the movie bohemian rhapsody uh, I can tell you since I saw it 42 times in theaters (laughs) it is worth watching Uh, well I
1: think it's great that it struck you like that Uh, and you know it was funny I would worked in rock and roll radio in an era where you know everybody loved Queen uh, some of their early albums but then people scratched their heads about the time they put out a song called Radio Gaga because literally radio programmers were saying are you making fun of radio or are you honoring radio and of course I think with hindsight we Mm -hmm. realize they were honoring radio but uh, Yeah. yeah And that's, it's just funny. Well, it was they were a, they were a polarizing band in a, in a good way.
0: And that Radio Gaga is one of the songs they performed uh, at Live A. All right, Jay Baker, great stuff. Thank you for joining me for our listeners. If you'd like to re-listen to this episode or any of our previous episodes, they're available in podcast form on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.